This is Russell Moore, and you're listening to Signposts. I have to admit to you that I've almost completely given up my Kindle. And I say admit to you because uh, I felt bad about it for a little while because I, I felt as though I was sort of uh, retreating from the use of a technology that would do me a lot of good. But let me just kind of share with you what is going on in terms of books uh, for me, and I wonder if this is the case for you. When the, the Kindle first came out, I was an enthusiast for it, and really not only was enthusiastic about the Kindle, but I was regretting that the technology didn't exist long before. So I could remember, for instance, when my wife and I were in Russia going through the adoption process with our oldest two sons, and we had to be over there for three and a half weeks. And I, I tend to read quickly, which that's not necessarily a skill at all. Some people read quickly, some people read slowly, and there are benefits and, and drawbacks with, with both, I think. But I tend to read very quickly, and so one of the big issues that I have was being able to take enough books with me, how to get the books that I would need to last me for three and a half weeks, especially for three and a half weeks where we would have to spend a lot of time just waiting for the next call to come in before we could go somewhere, and we had restricted movement. We couldn't go on our own places. And so, you know, I had to, I had to really choose wisely. And I, I remember uh, bringing along with me really dense books that I would be forced to read very slowly in order to sort of make it last long enough. And, and I thought later on, years later, if I'd had a Kindle and I could load that up before I went on that trip, it would have just transformed uh, the experience. And the same thing is the case whenever I'm Whenever I'm overseas uh, traveling, I don't want to obviously take a lot of physical books, but I can load up a Kindle and take it with me to wherever it is that, that I'm going and, and have it on the plane and have it when I'm, when I'm there. And so there's a, a real benefit that comes with the Kindle. But what I found was a couple things happened. One of them is that there are certain kinds of books that are, are really good for me when it comes to a, a Kindle or a reading device, and those tend to be books that... Um, I need to I need to get the gist of what the argument is very quickly, but I don't necessarily need to have that for a long period of time. So, for instance, I had someone who was talking to me about their church, and they said, our church is about to call uh, this person as pastor, and um, what do you know about him? And I didn't know a lot about him, but I knew that he'd written a book. And so I was able to that evening download this guy's book and to read it and to say, well, I read his book and he seems he seems like a really good balanced sort of person. I uh, don't have any concerns about what he's written. Maybe maybe there there are other things uh, in in his life that I don't know about, but the book is is good. That sort of thing it's good for. Or uh, sometimes there will be really practical leadership books or or so forth that I'm not really ever going to reference again. I just I just need a little bit of direction. And a Kindle can be a good place uh, for that. But I found that when it comes to other things, these reading devices uh, didn't really work for me because, for instance, there are a lot of things I would download on a Kindle and I would use the, the highlighter app on it. But then by the time I got to the end of it, it was a book that really mattered to me and, and I really wanted to refer back to it. And what I would find myself doing is buying a copy of that physical book, 
going through and trying to find the pages where I had marked in the Kindle the highlighters and to go through and highlight in the physical book. And you know, in some Kindle editions, that's easier to do because it will give you the page on the physical uh, book page. Others, you just had to guess and search your way around. I realized the technology really isn't helping me if I'm, number one, buying a book twice, and number two, if I'm having to spend all this time uh, marking up and, and, and trying to find a place. But the reason for that was because for me... This is the way that I use books. There is a physicality to it. When I'm uh, thinking about a particular issue, it helps me to stand in front of a, a shelf where I've archived, here are the books in that area, and to remind myself of what's what's there. So, for instance, um, having, I was having a conversation with someone about some of the controversies that are going on within evangelicalism about how we talk about uh, the Trinity, uh, for instance. And so one of the first things that I did as I'm thinking that through was to stand in my library in front of my, my uh, section on the Trinity and to see, well, what all do I have? And, and oh, I remember uh, this, this particular uh, book that I read several years ago that didn't come to mind when I was... Uh, when I was was just discussing it, and 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 to go back and to flip open uh, some of those books and to see the places where I'd highlighted things or where I'd um, I'd, I'd put uh, book flags in a book, and I'll, I'll write questions uh, to myself, and it it reminds me of conversations and kind of internal discussions that I've had that I just I just wouldn't otherwise remember, and the the, the same thing is true in terms of just remembering the content of a book. For whatever reason, I just tend to retain things better if I have them on the physical page than if I'm simply moving along, turning virtual pages on a reading device. It's just, for whatever reason, I can remember the place on the page where that particular argument was sometimes, if it's a, if it's a forceful argument. So I just found myself continually retreating back to physical books to the point now that when my, when my reading device broke um, a couple of weeks ago, I haven't replaced it yet. And I, th- I think I will. I think I'll, I'll want that reading device uh, again if I'm if I'm traveling uh, out of the out of the country or something. But it's not something where I'm going to do most of my reading. What I have found though is that I am utilizing audiobooks a lot more than I ever did before. And again, there's a specific kind of audiobook uh, that that I'm going to listen to uh, as opposed to read. And so there are certain books that I will want to listen to as I'm driving down the road, occupying my mind for, for long periods of time as I'm driving. And those would, again, be things that I'm not necessarily wanting to mark up. I'm not, I'm not going to think that, that I'm going to want to sit and ponder over specific uh, points of, of prose for a long period of time. So I wouldn't probably listen to an audio book of Marilyn Robinson's Gilead. Uh, for instance, un- unless unless I did it as a refresher after I had already read the physical book and later on wanted to to just listen to it read, because there's so many sections in that book that I want to I want to highlight and I want to sit and ponder and and so forth. Uh, but I will find like right now on my iPad, 
I've downloaded uh, audiobooks of um, uh, one is a book by John Stott that is read by John Stott. And one of the main reasons that I, I wanted that is because I have such admiration and affection for Stott that I wanted to hear his voice. And it, it was it was it's helpful to me to hear him uh, talking as he's as he's working through the argument in that book. I'm listening to a book by my fellow uh, Mississippian, Stuart Stevens, just came out called "The Innocent Have Nothing to Fear," and it's a political thriller. And uh, and he's he's. Uh, was previously uh, Mitt Romney's campaign manager and has been in Republican politics for years, and he's written a book about a contested Republican presidential uh, nomination. And it's a fun, fast-paced uh, sort of thriller, and it's easy for me to listen to uh, while I'm, I'm driving around. It keeps my, my interest. I read a book a couple months ago. I, I say read. I listened to uh, an audio book called Werewolf Cop, that actually was recommended on Twitter by John Wilson, who's the editor of Books and Culture uh, magazine. And I just thought it was so odd that John Wilson, who who has really refined uh, literary tastes, would be recommending a book about about a werewolf a policeman that it intrigued me. And I, so I, I downloaded it and listened to that. And it was a it was a fun uh, book to listen to. Kept my interest, and I would find myself uh, looking forward to being in the car to to listen to the next uh, chapter of that. And so there are several books like that that I I find uh, easier to listen to in terms of of audio books. When it comes to the Bible, I very much like my Bible app. Um, I have the, just the just the standard. ESV Bible app that's free, and there are other uh, translations that do that as well, or it's just a, a free uh, Bible app that has the entire Bible there. That's helpful for me really for two reasons. One is if I'm, if I'm wanting to meditate on a passage of Scripture and I'm on a plane or I'm just sitting waiting in a dentist's office and I can pull that up and meditate on it and, and pray through it, that's, that's good uh, for me. And then also, if I'm, I'll find that I use the Bible app like I used to use a concordance. So where I, where early in my ministry, I would have a concordance. If I'm, I'm thinking of now, wait a minute, where exactly is that passage um, that, that I'm thinking of? Um, I'll, I'll go to the Bible app and, and search it, and then I'm able to remember the exact verse where the, the particular passage I want is. Um, I use it a lot for that. I don't use it though for. Uh, ongoing devotional uses. Again, for me, the physical Bible is easier because, um, I don't know, just having in my mind that place on the page uh, where it is just helps to embed it, uh, embed it in my mind. And it, it also helps to kind of remind me of, of what I'm dealing with here. Now, when I say that, I am not someone who believes that that paper and print is holier than digital uh, content. I mean, the importance is the text, not the form that the text comes in. And so I don't have any problem with someone who their, their entire Bible reading is on an iPad or, or, or so forth. It, that, no problem with that whatsoever. I mean, we don't use scrolls. 
uh, now as Jesus did. We use uh, we use books, and so the, the technology changing is is relatively irrelevant. But I find in terms of my own life, it gives me a sense of continuity because I started out as a Bible reader uh, with a a physical text with a certain degree of, of heft in the hand. Um, it just helps me to have that as I grow older to to bridge continuity between uh, where I was as a 12-year-old uh, reading the book of Galatians, where I was as a 25-year-old reading the book of Galatians, where I am now in my early 40s reading the book of Galatians, and where I'll be when I'm a, a 70-year-old man, if I live, uh, reading the book of Galatians. For me, there's just a, a continuity there that I find helpful in reminding me this is the same Word of God that came to me when I was a kid, and it's the same Word of God that I'm going to have to listen to uh, and that I get the privilege of listening to until, uh, until the day that I, I die. It's just helpful for me to remind me of that and to put a little bit of distance between all of the other screens uh, that I have going in in my life. It may not be for you, but for me, that's been the case. So when I say I've given up my Kindle, I haven't really given it up. I still have it, and I still am going to use it, but I found that the physical book just hasn't gone away for me. And be curious to know what you think and and how your reading habits have changed or how they've uh, stayed the same. This is Russell Moore, and you're listening to Signposts.